What's up, everyone? This is the Trumpet of Truth podcast. I'm Jacob Long. Um, I have my wife with me, Ali Long, and we've got special guest, brother, evangelical, the one, the only, <laughs> Jalen Taylor. Hello. It's good to be here. Thank uh, you for having me today. Yeah. Uh, we had Jalen on a while back to give his testimony, and uh, man, that was a really good episode. So today, we're going to talk about some interesting things, but before we get into that, let's do some tabletop questions. Okay. The first question we have today are, are there any questions that you struggle to answer about Christianity? Yeah, so um, one of the ones that I struggle with is, and I'll just use the flood as an example. So people will come and say, okay, so in the flood, only Noah and his family were saved. And so that means that the whole world died, and they did. Uh, And that's men, women, and children alike. And so people say, so God sanctioned as a judgment? And the answer to that is absolutely yes. And that's a very hard question to answer. But, you know, when we look in scripture, God says, you make a mistake thinking that I'm like you. You know, God in his in His holiness is righteous and perfect. He alone yeah. is the creator. So as the creator, you know, he does have the right to give and take life. And, mm-hmm. you know, and it might sound cliche to some people, but we know that all children, you know, are, are saved that, you know, little kids, um, God, God takes them safely into his arms. I mean, I, I yeah. believe that according to scripture, you know, they don't have uh, the ability to, to truly, you know, know, um, uh, what it means to accept or reject Christ. I mean, yeah, kid, kids right. do accept yeah, Christ. They don't have a, a, a true wickedness about yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. An adult. And, and that's why Jesus said, for us such is the kingdom of heaven. He said, let right. the little children come to me. I mean, you know, he said, if you if you hurt one of these little ones, you know, mm-hmm. um, I mean, God loves children. And, yeah. and that's why abortion as well is, is such an issue. But, you know, there's there's things like that you see in scripture. And to me, that's when you have to say, you know what, Lord, I don't fully understand this, but mm-hmm. I know ultimately that you are good and that you are righteous. Yeah. Yep. Um. One question, it's not really one that I struggle with answering, but it's one that gets asked a lot by non-believers, and that's why do bad things happen to good people? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of Christians struggle to answer that question because it is a tough question. But if you think about it, it's really not, okay? Because mm-hmm. whether you're addicted to drugs or you go to church every Sunday and every Wednesday and you're doing your best or you're doing your worst, we're all not worthy. We're all bad. We're all sinful and we're all wicked. So even the best person, you know, that you would call a good person isn't a good person. So the only time that something bad happened to someone good was Jesus. Everyone else is buck wild and crazy (laughs) and sinful. Okay. And once you can wrap your mind around that fact that only Jesus was the good one, the perfect one, and he was the only person that something bad happened to. And that he was innocent of. What's that saying that uh, he relieves us of the judgment of sin, but not of the consequences, consequences of, of sin? sin. Yeah. 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 We are, yeah. No, it's like a murderer, you know. Um, if they turn from their sin, they can be forgiven, but they should still be um, judged on this earth. You know, yeah, they should sure. still go to prison and, and all of these things, you know. And um, I know people in the church who did drugs, myself included, but other yeah. people who their bodies are still, um, you know, having problems and they're totally forgiven, totally free. But some of that consequence is still happening in their body. Well, yeah. And a lot of times we look at goodness through our own lenses, not through the lenses of God. You have to keep in mind that God is holy. Mm-hmm. Amen. He is so separate from sin that he can't even see through the lenses that we see through because he's so separate from it. So when we see something that we think is good, 
to God is still wicked. Yeah. It's still crazy. It's still <laughs> sinful. It's That's still rebellious. Why he says your righteousness is like yeah. filthy and, rags. And yeah. what did what did Paul say? He said the thorn in my flesh is the uh, angel beings of the devil coming and tormenting me. That yeah. means his flesh is weak, but his spirit is willing, right? Yeah. So you know, our lens of good is not is not a, the right lens to look through. Amen. All right. What next, about you? You got anything? Nope. Next question. <laughs> okay. What is one way you can worship God this week without using music? Well, I honestly, I just, as the Bible says, sing and make melody in my heart to the Lord. It's kind of funny. In the last year, I have found myself worshiping God a lot more without music. I still listen to worship music, yeah. obviously, on Sundays, you know, wherever I travel and go to church or my own church, I, I, I worship in my car you know, but honestly, even here at my house, I get up and I'll just sing to the Lord, you know, mm-hmm. just praise you, Jesus, you know, just whatever comes to my heart. And sometimes that's where a good song might come from. You know, yeah. the Bible says, sing and make melody in your heart to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I think um, one of the lost oh, things that we can do to worship is a, a real powerful prayer life. I, I think as a culture, a Christian culture, we kind of lack that motivation to really just seek the face of God and pray more. And mm-hmm. that's one of the closest ways you can get to God. And I know I feel God through music a lot. And yes. I know you do too. And I yep. especially know you do through <laughs> ministry. You know, music is such a big part of how we worship. Yes. But I think there's a level of, um, oh, of connection and intimacy that you can get with God through just like prayer and fasting. You know? And not just like vain you know, yes. our father who art in heaven, like that's the model <laughs> prayer or something yeah. prayer you should pray every time. Yes. So, you know, you have to have a relationship with God that's more than just singing a song or saying the same mm-hmm. repetitious Amen. prayer in vain. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Allie? Lots of ways. <laughs> I think reading your Bible is a good way to yes. worship the Lord and learn more about him. And you know, once you become, like she just said, you have to continue to read your Bible to grow closer to God because yeah. you need to equip yourself with the Word. So when someone is challenging you on it, you have the means to say, this is what the Bible says, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. what this is what Allie says, yes. or this is what Jacob says, or what Jalen says. Yes. So if you want to grow in your connection and your faith, you have to read more, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, real quick... Um, when you're praying to God, you're speaking to him and he will speak to you as well. When you're reading to his word, he's speaking to you. So I always say, don't say you love me, but you don't want to speak to me and you don't want me to speak to you. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And the Lord has given us his word and he's given us access by the grace of God through Christ. You know, we couldn't go directly to God uh, before, I mean, in the Old Testament, I mean, yeah, you could definitely pray, but I mean, through the name of Jesus, you know, yeah. we, we have access to our, our Father. The veil has been torn. Right. So, absolutely. Yeah. Very yeah. I mean, before it was like, um, go grab the, the, the first little <laughs> sacrifice, 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 yeah, sacrifice. And sprinkle the blood on the altar and burn yes. the incense and do the meat offering for a sweet savor. And now we just have to pray in the name of Jesus. How Amen. Simple is that? You know, it's so simple. It's so easy. Yes. It's so easy. Think about how hard it would be in those days, like the days of Moses and the Israelites out in the wilderness, how they would have to constantly, oh, I've got to do my sin offering. Oh, I've got yeah. to do my yes. my food offering, my wine offering, and get the oils and, yeah. and the wheat of the field and yeah. go get my, my first swing of the flock and mm-hmm. cut its throat, sprinkle the blood. I mean, it's, it's just so, easy, so much yes. they had to do to seek God's favor and 
And it's a constant reminder that they weren't fully right with the Lord. You know, yeah. they weren't right. It's, you know, that's why the Bible said they constantly had to offer sacrifice, but Jesus once and for all sacrificed himself. He was you know, a sacrifice. Amen. Yeah. See, and at those times they kept the laws and they didn't labor on the Sabbath. Well, Jesus was the Sabbath and he labored for us. Amen. And therefore, we don't need to keep the Sabbath. Amen. Yeah. You know, that's why I hate New Testament. Yes. <laughs> Praise God. So easy. Praise God. But, um, Absolutely. Okay. Good job, guys. Our last hot topic question is a pretty hot topic one. So as we go into this month, it is, quote unquote, Pride Month. Um, and I want to get your guys' opinions on what the Bible says about homosexuality. Before I quote Bible, I want to get one jab in. Why? Um, it's like I'll get my jab in. Rainbow Thieves. Yeah. Jalen was just talking about the flood in that first question. And it's such a disgrace that they've stolen the rainbow. Yeah, yeah. That's God's, that's God's covenant. promise in his covenant. Yeah, amen. And they've stolen it. Yeah. Well, let me just say, um, for one, I absolutely disagree with it. Uh, the Bible is very clear in 1 Corinthians 6. You know, uh, homosexuals will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's no different than someone living in, uh, you know, fornication or adultery. If you're living in open iniquity and rebellion to God, you know, you can say you're a Christian all day long, but you're rebelling against God. You're not saved. Amen. You know, um, I went to Disney World with my grandma and the, her, the young grandkids. Uh, she took us down there and mm-hmm. I, we had such a good time. But the last day we were there, we went into three different stores and every single store. The first thing you saw was a big um, section where it was for Gay Pride Month. And yeah. my little 10 year old cousin, she like almost wanted to buy a backpack that had a rainbow. She goes, oh, look yeah, at the rainbow. Right. She didn't even know what it meant. You know, yeah. of course, we, you know, she didn't buy it and everything. And I was so I was so filled with anger because I thought a little girl like her can come in here and buy something, not even know what it means. And she's walking around. And that's how um, Satan is. But, Mm -hmm. you know, when it comes to homosexual, let me just say this very quickly and then I'll pass it on to you guys. Um, I look at it, you know, just like any uh, like I said, any other sin. But like you said, and I'll let you say what you're going to say there. I won't take that. (laughs) But what I will say is we, we love homosexuals. We love just all people, but they have to repent. Yeah. They have to repent. And here's the difference. You can come to Christ, repent and be saved. And you may still have temptations, but you can't, you don't act on them. I, I might be tempted by lust. Mm-hmm. I might even be tempted by drugs, which I'm not. But yeah. if I was, but guess what? That doesn't give me the right to act on it. So people right. say, oh, this is who I am. You know, I, I can't get rid of my temptations or thoughts. Well, Jesus said you must be born again. Yeah. yeah. And when you're born again, and, and I've seen people and many testimonies of people who God has changed. Mm-hmm. You know, and Amen. just with the whole homosexuality in the LGBTQ realm, it's got so many different arms that reach out and and kind of manipulate and twist the truth and, and, and corrupt people. Yeah. I just think you were just talking about how. Uh, children are so precious in God's eyes. Like anyone that causes one of these little ones to sin, they'll be damned to hell. With the national, yeah. t- you know. So this whole movement, like you just said, you watched your your niece. You said, yeah, go for that backpack, backpack or your cousin, and it, and it angered you. It, that's what they want. They mm-hmm. want to corrupt the minds of children. Mm-hmm. I mean, was it over in um, Ozark? They're doing that deal. They have the big library thing with the books about the um, oh. They're basically pornographic novels. Oh, yeah. And the school board was raising, or the people of that community were raising cane with the school board, get these books out of here. And they didn't really do nothing about it. Oh. You know, and mm-hmm. and then we've seen a, there's deals in Springfield where um, drag shows, drag shows for little, little kids. Yeah. And, 
it's like that you're it's pure wickedness. at that point you're not just doing you being a homosexual you're trying to corrupt the minds of innocent children too yeah. and that and that's how satan is yeah exactly. people don't ever just stay in their sin no they are evangelists Look at Richard Dawkins, one of the most famous atheists. He's a God-hating atheist, and I pray God save him. Um, That man is an evangelist for atheism. He's not Mm -hmm. just, oh, I don't believe in God. He hates God. And, and, you know, so anyways. um, (laughs) But there there are multiple scriptures, Old and New Testament, that that call out homosexuality and that call out this type of of sin, and and God hates it. He calls it an abomination. Absolutely. So I'm going to read something real quick out of Romans uh, chapter 1. Uh, verse 26, for this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions for their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Mm-hmm. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving themselves a due penalty for their error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. Mm-hmm. So he's saying Amen. that the men were doing you know, dishonorable acts of fornicating with each other, and so were the women. And for that reason, God said, okay, well, if you want to live in that, I'm giving you up to it. Amen. That's why a lot of people that you see in that community, they see absolutely zero, no fault in what yeah. they're doing. They have no remorse. They have no and conviction. And to some point, they're just like Jalen said, they're God-haters. Yeah. Yes. They're, ev- they're evangelical for their, their cause. Yeah. And, um, well... One of the scriptures that Billy Graham quoted a lot in his crusades in Proverbs, and I don't know the exact scripture, forgive me for that. He said, he that hardens his heart often shall be suddenly cut off and that without remedy. You know, mm-hmm. and there is a place and I don't I'd be a liar if I said I fully understood this or could give you all the ex- explanation. But even in Romans, it talks about a debased mind, a reprobate mind. There's yeah. other scriptures where you have so, um, you know, your heart has become so hardened, first Timothy, a seared conscience, where mm-hmm. you are so far that you're you're cut off. Yeah. You know, and that that's a that's a really hard scripture. It's that's it's really hard. Because mm-hmm. someone may ask, well, why would God cut them off? Doesn't he love everyone? Well, God hates sin so much, mm-hmm. he's so yeah. separate from it that if you harden your heart to a certain point, there's a point to which he will cut you off because yeah. you're that conviction won't come. And conviction's yeah. a gift from the Lord, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, let me let me just say this real quick though. Uh, so people don't misunderstand. I, I don't believe that every homosexual is cut off. That there's oh, no yeah, yeah. Right, we, I don't either. Right. Don't either. No, right. But, but there is a place in Romans 1 and where, where people have so rejected, and some of them are in that camp, and sure. they're, they're cut off. And there's, you know, so just wanted to clarify that. Yeah, so right. Yeah, yeah we're not. It's just kind of like saying every um, every cop is a bad cop. Or, yeah. you know, whatever. It's the same argument. Not every one of them is, is bad and damned to hell. But the point of why we're saying this is that if you continue down that road, eventually Amen. you will wind up in that camp. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yes. with all that being said, <laughs> let's talk some gifts. Yes. Yeah. So absolutely. the main thing we're going to talk about today, which those questions were really good. Yeah, they were. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. We're going to talk about the spiritual gifts. Um, we've been talking about this for the last couple months. We wanted to do a podcast on it. Jalen, I know has done a lot of study and I've done, a fair amount of studying myself and I think Well and ever since his testimony podcast we're like we gotta do a podcast about the spiritual gifts. Yes. 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 So um with that being said, I'm just gonna ask the question, um, get all of our takes on on what we believe. So the, the spiritual gifts, um, are they still relevant today? 
and can a Christian possess them? Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. I believe the spiritual gifts are still for today. Um, and we'll get into that more as we go in First Corinthians 12, where it talks about prophecy, miracles, healing, tongues, interpretation, all that kind of stuff. A hundred percent, I believe that. And um, as we go along, I'll, I'll give you all some scriptural basis for that. Yes, yeah, I, yeah. I believe they're still relevant and Christians can still <laughs> possess them. Today. Possess the gifts. Uh-huh. I, I believe it too. Um, and the opposing side to that would be a form of cessationalism. Mm-hmm. Cessationism. Cessationism. <laughs> yes. I know. Cessationism. And for right. those who don't know that, that means that they believe that once Jesus ascended up into heaven, the gifts were only given to the apostles, and then after the apostolic age, they ceased mm-hmm. because it was necessary for the early church to get up off the ground and moving. That's essentially the cessationist yes. take on the gifts, right? Hey, yeah, and some of them actually believe that when you um, believe in the gifts of the Spirit, you're taking away from the, the Word of God and from the authority yeah. of the apostles you yeah. know, as well. Uh, and I will say this as well. Uh, some people uh, don't agree with me on this, but I do not divide from someone who's cessationism. For instance, mm-hmm. I would say most of the Baptist church is cessationism, and some of them are some of the most godly people yeah. I know. Yeah. Um, I've preached at many Baptist churches. They love the Lord. They love God's Word. They know how to worship. You know. Yeah, the yeah. only thing that it's it's not a divide. It's just, it can be pretty crucial because, you know, the Bible talks about the unpardonable sin in John about denying the works of the Holy Spirit for that shall not be forgiven. Yeah. And okay. attributing them. And, and you attribute them to Satan, just like they did with Jesus when he cast out the demon. They said, well, he does this by the power, by the prince of demons. Yes. Like, okay, well, if I do it by demons, then who do your you're, children do? You're attributing the work of the Spirit yeah. to Satan. To Satan. Right. And that yes. will not be forgiven yeah. at all, yeah. no matter where your stance is in salvation. So, um, with all that being said, it's dangerous. It's, it it, it yeah. can be very yeah. dangerous, not yeah. divisive, but dangerous. No, yeah. it can be because if someone's working by the spirit, uh, and, and someone who's, uh, says they're a Christian, you know, goes that far. And there are some people who do, they'll say tongues is of the devil. Yeah. Uh, and, and maybe we can get into this part more later, but I will say the most, um, the church or the the place that I've seen the most abuse is in the, the Pentecostal circles, the charismatic circles. That's mm-hmm. where you see most of your false teachers, your false prophets, you know, your Kenneth Copelands and people like that is in the charismatic circle. But I believe it's because the real power of God comes from the word, comes from the spirit. And so Satan so desperately wants to counterfeit that. Yeah, and, imitate and, it. So, you know, it's yeah. the old saying, you don't, you don't throw out the baby with the bathwater, right. you know, just because right. there's bad, you know, there's bad preachers, but there's, there's good preachers. Mm-hmm. There's false doctrine, right. but there's true doctrine. We'll see. And, you know, people forget that Satan is the prince and power of the air of this world. Yeah. So to think that he doesn't have power, that he can, that he can heal someone. Yeah. He can, you know, imitate. He, he can't can imitate. He, he can't, can't yeah, he can imitate, but he can't create. Right. Yeah. Amen. So he has those, uh, powers where someone can operate underneath the wrong spirit. Yeah. They have the gift from God, but they operate through the wrong spirit. I actually did a message one time called demonic anointing, you know, because the Bible says that, you know, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. Mm -hmm. It talks about false lying signs and wonders. And a lot of that's going to be during the great tribulation as well. But even now, you know, false prophets, false teachers, um, there, there are people that, you know, just like soothsayers and sorcerers, you know, that stuff's real. That stuff's oh, real. Absolutely. Yeah. Spirit of divinity. Yeah. yeah. How many times is it in the new Testament? I mean, uh, and in the old Testament. Yeah. You know, that's crazy. Hey, that's a whole different yeah, podcast. We're going to get into something that we can't finish up and wrap up. So I want you to go ahead and 
give you some yeah, arguments yeah, for why I believe the gifts were yeah. for today. Yep. yep. All right. So um, I've got about 150 scriptures, but I'm going to try to Amen. keep it to, you know, just I'm going to try to give you the best ones. So, yeah, let's go to First Corinthians 12 and uh, verse one. You know, he says, you know, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant for you know that you were car- Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. No one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. There are different activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one to profit. Okay, verse 7 is a huge one. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So right there it says the manifestation. And I'm going to come back to this, and we're going to go over the gifts of the Spirit and what they are very briefly. I'll try to keep it. But here's, let let me um, first say, so it says here, concerning spiritual gifts, I do not want you to be ignorant. So a lot of people will do this with the teachings of Jesus as well. They'll say, oh, he was just talking to the disciples, or well, Paul was just talking to them. Okay, well, if you're going to do that, you might as well do that with the whole Bible. You yeah. might as well go back to Genesis or Exodus and Deuteronomy, which I know we don't live under that, that law, but I'm just saying the Psalms, the Proverbs, that, well, that was to them. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do that, you might as well go to the, all the words of Jesus. How, you know, so, so this is God's word. This is to God's people. And mm-hmm. there are apostles um, in, the, in the time of Christ, and they, they were the 12, and they had special authority. But the, but the power and the working of the Spirit that comes is for every man. God gives it to each one. Now, I'm not going to turn there because I have it memorized, but in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, as Peter's preaching, he said, this gift is to you and to your children and to all that are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Now, he was talking about salvation, but he was also talking in the context of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, there's the sonship of the Spirit, which every believer has. That's when you're saved, you're born again. You you, you know, the Spirit of God lives in you. The Bible says, if you have not the Spirit of Christ, you are none of His. So the Spirit of God lives in you. But the gifts and the working of the Spirit and the baptism of the Spirit Mm -hmm. is when the Spirit of God empowers you. He comes on you. In Luke chapter 24, Jesus told the disciples, He said, Go to Jerusalem and wait until you're endued with power from on high. Now think about this. They were already saved. Jesus had already risen from the dead. He had already breathed on them in the book of John and said, receive the Holy Spirit. That was the sonship. They they were the temple of God's spirit. But he said, go and wait until you're endued with power. And it was like a flaming tongue of fire that rested upon their head. Uh Okay. So. Amen. And then in Acts chapter one, verse eight, he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, upon you. Now, um, real briefly, I want to give you a couple scriptures and then I'll slow down here because I'm trying to get this in. Acts chapter eight. I want to give you three different instances. This is so powerful. I mean, this to me is what I would call the nail in the coffin, so to speak. Uh, Three different scriptures we're going to look at real quick. Acts chapter eight. Go to verse 14, and the Bible says, Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. 
For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Okay, look at this. There is so much theological wealth in this. They had been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They had received the word of God. What does that mean? That means they were believers. Yeah. They were Christians. Right. And, and sorry, not to cut no, you off. No, you're fine. But they weren't apostles. So the argument that this only happened with no, the apostles exactly. is false because you just read it. It just fell on a bunch of people that never seen Jesus. Absolutely. And we've been taught that apostle means an eyewitness to Jesus when actually it means a sent one from yes. God. Amen. And so like you just said, there it fell on those men there. You've got Stephen, Barnabas, Matthias. Yes. Uh, who else did he write down? Absolutely. Philip, Ananias. I mean, there's so many Amen. men in the book of Acts this, that the Spirit fell on that they were able to do these miracles and these signs and these wonders. And they yes. had this power and this anointing of the Holy Absolutely. Spirit. So the Amen. whole idea, uh-oh, <laughs> the whole idea that this only stayed with the apostles is theological nonsense. Amen. Amen. So anyways, continue. Well, and that's, that's the whole thing there is it, it said they, so we know that they were saved because they had been baptized in Jesus name, which we know baptism alone doesn't save you. But the point is they, it's very clear. They were they, Christians. They're believers. Yeah. They're born again. Yes. And right. then it says, but they hadn't received the Holy spirit. Right. It hadn't fallen upon them. That, that phrase upon is, is used a lot in the new Testament. It's the Spirit of God upon you. Just like with Samson in the Old Testament said, the Spirit of God came upon him. The Spirit of God, when you're a Christian, lives in you. But as, as you're working and operating by the power of God's Spirit, just like when I preach and, and God's anointing comes, the Spirit of God comes upon me. It says the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus like a dove. You know, so really powerful. Now, another one is in Acts chapter 2, which we don't have to turn there. It says, the your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say just apostles. And see, Joel predicted it in the Old Testament, and it came to pass in the book of Acts chapter 2. Yes. And then Peter says, from now on, yes. the continuation of it. Yes, okay? in the last days. See, and then some, some people will say, well, well, this stopped me. I keep bringing back the apostolic age. This stopped at the apostolic age. Well, it said in the last days. And this, all these things tell, shall happen. Until when? Until the day of the Lord come. Amen. Okay, well, he hasn't come yet. Amen. So when did those days cease? If, yes. if the gifts and, and the anointing and the Holy Spirit indwelling ceased, when? Because yes. you can't find it in Scripture. Because Absolutely. Peter said here on the day of Pentecost, in the last days, your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Young men will dream dreams. Or young men will see visions and old men will dream dreams. Amen. And they shall lay hands on the sick and many signs and wonders shall be done on heaven and on earth. And all these things shall be until the day of the Lord come. Okay, he hasn't come yet. Absolutely. So if he hasn't come yet, then theologically speaking, we're still in those days that Peter talked about. And that's the whole thing. If it was the last days then, are we not still in the last days now? Absolutely. The the last days started, from what I can read right here, they started when Jesus ascended. Yes. Jesus ascends. There's the last days. Yes. And the last absolutely. days are in continuation until the day. That's of why the, Lord the Bible says come. in First Peter, the Lord is at hand. That's why Jesus said, Behold, I'm coming quickly. And here's the thing. In, in Acts chapter 238, when he says, Your sons and your daughters will prophesy, these things will happen, that's in the same context where later on he says, The gift of the Holy Spirit, it's for you, for your children, and to all that are far off. Right. It's in the context of the Spirit of God coming upon the believers. Yeah, and it's in the, the Spirit upon all 
Yes, yes, all absolutely. Flesh, not all apostles, not all disciples, yes. all flesh. That Amen. means it can fall on unbelievers if he wants it to. Amen, absolutely. Yeah, it all flesh. Absolutely. And you know, here's the thing. Uh, when it comes to the argument, I'll, I'll just give you the two arguments that I see that people use the most. It's it, This was for the apostles. Mm-hmm. This was for the church to confirm the word of God. And so they say, well, you're taken away from the apostles. Absolutely not. The, the 12 apostles were, were very special. They yeah, laid the foundation. <laughs> yes. And they had authority. They, they Most of them wrote scripture. Well, not all of them, but, you know, uh, very powerful. But the thing of it is, when people say that, there's not one scripture that says these things will cease. There's not one. The only scripture that I've actually seen that people use is in 1 Corinthians 13, mm-hmm. where it says, whether there are tongues, they will cease, whether there's prophecy. But if you read there in the context, very plain, it's very plain, it's talking about when Christ returns. Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing, when Jesus comes back, when we're living in the new heaven and the new earth and all that kind of stuff, and, and we're in eternity, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in the future, we're not going to need gifts of the Spirit. Yeah. That's why we get into the function right. of them here in a minute. Yeah, well, yeah because the, the, the gifts and the manifestation of the Spirit validate the message yes and they break the power of darkness right they break the power of darkness so if your experience in the miracle signs and wonders that you see are in contradiction to god's word then yes there's polyphoniness in that yes but if they align perfectly with scripture then absolutely and i I will tell you 100 percent um one of the the most amazing miracles i've seen and i know there's people that do parlor tricks and stuff is uh, Tommy Brashear, and I'm talking physical miracles. I've seen other miracles too. Yeah. A man named Tommy Brashears, this is about three or four years ago, and he was walking by Casey's here in town, and I was preaching at the Veterans Home and still working at the Veterans Home, which I am now. And um, I heard the Lord speak to me, and he said, hey, go talk to him and just bless him. So I, I pulled over and never met the man before, and I said, hey, I just want to give you 40 bucks and tell you that the Lord loves you, and you know Jesus Christ is the Savior. You know, I don't always do the Jesus loves you things. Most of the time I try to call people repentance, and you know, but yeah. I just felt to speak soft to him, and I did. And then the Lord said, go back. I, I drove back around, and he said, ask him what's wrong with his legs. He was kind of limping. And I heard the Lord speaking to me. Yeah. And I said, hey, what's going on with your leg? And he told me, and his hand was kind of shriveled up too. I said, can I pray for you? I got out of my car. I literally pulled up along the road behind Casey's on the side there. And I said, can you sit in the grass? And this is crazy because his sister came walking from the opposite end. Mm-hmm. And she thought I was picking on him because I had him sit in the grass. And I said, <laughs> no, no, I'm going to pray for him. And she held his back up. I lifted up his leg. It was about an inch and a half. I mean, it was a clear, clear distance. I lifted his legs up and I just said, Lord, I ask you and I thank you in Jesus' name that you would heal him, Father, that you would grow his leg out. And I'm not lying to you. I mean, it was it was a slow, natural thing. His leg grew out. I got back in my car and I tr- I was trembling. I, yeah. I, I was like, I couldn't believe. I mean, I'd seen people healed. I'd seen headaches healed. I've seen people healed, but not like a physical yeah. miracle. I mean, this was real. And here's the thing. I had told him about my church services before COVID. Mm-hmm. And the very next day, this was a Friday, the Saturday, because I preach on Saturdays and on Sundays on basis, he comes in the veterans home and comes as I'm given this testimony about it, and then comes up to the front. So this was a real thing. Yeah. To this day, I still talk to him once in a while. I just talked to him about a week or two ago. It's been three or four years. His name's Tommy Brashears. This was a real miracle that mm-hmm. I saw, and I, I could go on and on about other miracles I've seen. I used to write them down. Um, <laughs> you know, I've seen people's migraines healed. I've seen, you know. 
Um, I, God's given me words of prophecy, words of knowledge, you know, and lately I haven't operated in those things as much as I would like. Yeah. I want more, but I've seen these things. So anyways, but the scriptures are basis. If I never see a miracle in my life, if I never see a true gift of prophecy, whatever, the word of God is Isn't still enough. what matters. Right. So let me give you a couple more quickly, and then we'll get into the function of the spirit. And then if you have those questions, yeah. we'll go over. So go to Acts chapter 10. There's another great one. Acts chapter 10, verse, uh, and now this whole chapter is just amazing, because this is when the gospel is brought to the Gentiles. Peter gets a vision, just powerful. Oh, I love this. Yes, one. and Peter's preaching, and we're not even going to go through all that. But when you go to verse 44, it says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon, there's that phrase, upon, mm-hmm. upon all those who heard the word, and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished. As many as came with this, with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. You know, then Peter said, can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he baptized them to be, and commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they asked him to stay a few days. So he's, he's speaking to them about repentance. I mean, the whole message is just amazing. He talks about the resurrection and, and how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. But it says while he was speaking, the Holy Spirit fell upon those who heard the word. And it said they began to speak with tongues and magnify God. Now there's that one. Now we can go to Acts 19. I'm trying to get through these. I just want to show you that there's so much. I mean, we could literally probably go through scriptures for three hours. And this is why I actually get very burdened, you know, when people don't believe this and even more when they're dogmatic. There's a lot of them, and especially in the Reformed Calvinist community who are very dogmatic. They won't even work with a lot of charismatics, which is, and I'm not saying they're all like that. Yeah. But there's, and it's very sad because it's like, okay, if you don't believe that's your decision, but don't cut me off. Yeah. You know, I'm not cutting you off. And a lot of them don't. And, and, you know, and I'll tell you why. I think it's a pride thing. Yeah. Because the Bible says God's chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Mm-hmm. You know, think about the Bible. Think about how many stories are in it. And they're all true. No one with, with intellectual, um, you know, whatever would stoop to the level to believe in Jonah the well. But you have to come as a humble child and say, God, you created this world yeah. so you can part the Red Sea. You created this world so you can be born of the Virgin Mary. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I could go on and on. That's yeah. who God is. Yeah. And well, so the gifts of the Spirit are kind of foolish to people sometimes. And and they're not, I, don't, I don't mean that we should flop on the floor and all that stuff. I'm saying sometimes <laughs> yeah, and it seems weird. There's been abuse of it. Like, I'm not going to sit there and deny that there's been abuse of the charismatic yes. type. Because there has been, mm-hmm. especially over the last four or five hundred years. Yes. Um, and it's all like... Kenneth Copeland, like you just said, he's yes. a heretic, you know, like we, we know that he's a phony. Yes. You know, like he doesn't preach the true word. You know, he's, like he said that man. Adam, he said Adam was God manifested in the flesh in the garden of Eden. If that's true, that means God sinned. And that is, that is so <laughs> blasphemous. Yeah. You can't even imagine. Yeah, so ridiculous. I could go on about the things he said, but all right. So Acts 19 or no. Yes. Yes. Acts yeah. 19 verse one. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having been passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So these were disciples. 
These were believers. And he said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them. There's that word again, upon them. And they spoke with tongues and prophesied. You know, here's the argument I've heard people say, well, they were only baptized into John's baptism. So, okay. Yeah, that may be true. So maybe they, they hadn't even heard about Jesus, but it says they were disciples. So yeah. I believe they heard about Jesus. I believe they well, were believers. Yeah, it said that they just hadn't heard about the Spirit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they were. it says they were disciples. Uh, so that I believe they were Christians. But nonetheless, either way, Paul laid the, his hands on them. He says, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Yeah. And he laid hands on them. Now, here's the thing. This is what really gets me. In Hebrews chapter 6, Paul says... Well, I don't know if Paul wrote Hebrews or not, but I we think believe, that he did. Yeah, yeah. people okay. believe he did. Yeah. Um, he says you should. We should move past the elementary principles. You know, uh-huh. the, the beginning principles. He talks about repentance from dead works, faith towards God, resurrection from the dead, baptisms (plural), um, eternal judgment, and the laying on of hands. That is one of the elementary principles of uh, the yeah. Word of God. The six foundational principles, yeah. faith yeah. towards that's God. That's basically telling them to like, quit being babies and grow up. Yeah. <laughs> grow up yeah. in your faith. Just like in First Corinthians, he says, I, I can't give you meat because you still need milk. Well, yeah. He says, by this time in Hebrews 6, you ought to be teaching others. Yeah. You know, but, but he says, these are the elementary principles, the laying on of hands. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and in First Timothy 4, Pete, Paul tells Timothy, do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was mm-hmm. given to you by the laying on of hands. And in 2 Timothy chapter 1, he says, stir up the gift which is in you, which was given to you by the laying on of hands. The Bible says in the Gospel of Mark, I believe, Jesus and the apostles went out and laid hands and anointed with oil. It says in James 5, if anyone's sick, call for the elders of church, anoint them with oil. Mm-hmm. So, and pray over them. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. So is that not for today? Yeah. So, so many more scriptures, but now if, if if you guys want to, let's go back to 1 Corinthians 12. Yeah. And very briefly, yep. go I'll go over what are the gifts. And we're talking mostly about the sign gifts, the power gifts. Of course, I don't know if we're going to get into like Ephesians 4 or Romans later, but we're yeah. talking about the, the manifestation of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yep. Paul said in, um, I have it written down here, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4, he said, I did not come to you in man's wisdom and by words of man's wisdom, but by demonstration of the spirit and power. So we preach the word and we demonstrate the word. All right, guys. And one more thing I'll say about that. I personally do not believe, so don't hear me wrong. So I want to clarify this too. Um, I don't believe you have to have gifts to preach the gospel in the the sense of the gospel itself is powerful enough to say, because I've heard people say, a, a gospel without signs and wonders is not a gospel. No, I don't think that's no. true. Yeah. I think you could, because that's... It's enough. You know, yes, absolutely. It's enough to save a Baptist who doesn't yeah. believe in any of those Yes, so absolutely. It, the gospel is enough. Yes, the so re- repent and, and now, believe on Jesus. The laying on of hands, healing of the sick, casting out demons, all those things, the tongues, prophetic voices, those 
bring validation to the message when they align. Yeah. Yes. That's what they're for. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. 100%. Praise God. All right. First Corinthians 12. So let's go ahead and jump down to verse eight. For to one is given the word of wisdom. So wisdom. Um, and if you guys have a different take on this, this is just from what I've studied. It's, it's pretty self-explanatory. It's let's say I had children and I don't know what to do about a certain situation. The gift of wisdom could come on me and give me a supernatural wisdom to know what to do. A good example of that is Solomon. There were two women that came to him and they were saying the one woman, there was a famine. She, and this is going to sound terrible. It's just, she said, we um, ate my baby. And the other woman said, she'd give me her baby. There was a famine and just, just terrible thing. Yeah. And the woman, one baby died in the middle of the night. And so she went over there and she grabbed the baby that was still alive and put the dead baby with the other woman. Oh yeah, that's right. It wasn't that they ate the baby. That's another story. I didn't yeah. think that was right. I'm glad you, yeah, thank yeah. you for yeah, doing that. That's why sometimes it's important. To turn <laughs> yes. Yes. Praise yeah. God. Yeah. There is another she part where the the night. there's yeah. another part. I think it's in first Kings where there's famine and yes, they're eating children and they like rip their clothes. It's just terrible. Yeah. But so, so yeah, the one baby died. She takes the other one. So Solomon has the gift of wisdom and he says, okay, here's what I'll do. Give me a sword, I'll divide the child, and you can each have half of it. <laughs> and the woman who the mother was said, wait a minute, no, that don't don't kill the baby, let her have it. I would rather the child live. And Solomon said, that's the mother. That's the mother. So that's and wisdom. The other mother said, cut him in half. Yes, yeah. yes. So, See, yeah. it's a great example. And there's so many more. Interesting that Solomon, at a very young age, asked God, you know, said, I would give you what you ask. And he didn't ask for money. Fame, he asked for wisdom. Yeah. That is and isn't it amazing crazy. that this is the first gift that's yeah. mentioned? Because if you know what to do, how to please God, that's an amazing thing. Mm -hmm. The wisdom that God gives you. We should pray for that every day. See, James 1 tells yeah. us, ask for wisdom. Yep. The God will give you wisdom, and you can also attain more wisdom if you stay in his word yeah. diligently. And a lot of cessationists believe that wisdom is still operating. A lot of them <laughs> don't believe that. It's hard not to. Knowledge, yeah. prophecy. <laughs> You know, it's tongues, the, the miracles, charismatic ones. Yeah. So wisdom's it. one that's pretty simple. Um, then to another, the word of knowledge. Now through the same spirit. Now this is real simple. This is supernatural knowledge that you could not have known. Now God's done this for me. One time I was working and this was a new woman there and I was down serving food and I heard the Lord speak to me and say her lower back, her lower back. I just kept hearing that over yeah. and over her lower back. And so finally I said, do you have problems with your lower back? And she said, yes, I do. Now, here's the part that's really sad. She would not let me pray for her. And I never <laughs> did. I, I And I just let it go. But I've had other people that the Lord's done that, and then they were healed. And the yeah. beautiful thing about knowledge is if God's speaking to you, then he, and when you speak to someone and it's it's a real thing, uh, he's going to he's gonna use that. He's not playing games. Absolutely. Now, another way that can manifest, it doesn't have to be a sickness. You could be your children. Mm -hmm. you, your children could be out partying. And God could give you knowledge and even a vision or something. And you know, and you call them, maybe yeah. they're 16, you say, hey, Lord showed me you're out drinking. You know, I mean, this stuff really does happen. You know, do you remember the night when I, we talked to you on the phone for about 45 minutes after I'd seen you at the Casey's? Yeah. And we talked, and I'm not going to get into the details of what we talked about, but we were talking about you had been in a relationship and I was telling you things about you. That, you Absolutely. Know, that, that was powerful. And I was telling Allie about it. I was like, I think a word of knowledge just fell on me yes. because I just started saying this stuff. And it was like a Niagara Falls of things that I had no idea. Yes. And I remember that. And that's wrong. happened to me with you. That's happened to me with one of my friends named Harvey. 
where it's like God himself is just directly speaking yeah. through that person. And that I, I do remember that. It was really powerful. It really, you were, and it you were really, just striking a nerve. And yeah. the thing of it is, it lifted me up. It right. brought conviction. Well, and, and it connected you to as well. Yeah. It kind of, on a deeper level, yes. you guys move forward for sure. Yes, sure. absolutely. Praise God. That That's really good. So the difference well, in the wisdom and knowledge. Sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just going to say that this one's kind of tricky because we see, you know, soothsayers and fortune tellers that could potentially be operating under this gift, but under a different spirit. And, yes. I, yeah. You know, yeah. And that's why everything has to be tested by the word. Right. If God's, you know, if, 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 if uh, and even God said, even if something comes to pass, but they're telling you to follow other gods, mm-hmm. you don't. Or if they're telling you to follow me, but then it's a false prophecy. You don't listen yeah. to that. So that, and that's another thing, prophecy. Yeah. And there's another, there's a scripture I forget where it's at that uh, it says to try the spirits. Amen. Yes. Try them. Yes, absolutely. To know if they're from God. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, uh, so the difference in wisdom and knowledge. Wisdom is just God's anointing of of making you understand things and kind of see things in their fulfillment before they actually yes. happen, and just. Giving you that kind of what to do, when to do it. I think there's a lot of business leaders that have the gift of wisdom. Absolutely. You know, and administration. And and, and maybe they use it for the wrong motivation. Yeah, yeah. But definitely a spiritual gift. And then, like we said, knowledge is just kind of like, it's kind of like the same thing when the spirit fell upon those. Like that word knowledge just falls on you. Yes. And you're just like, you just say these things that you you didn't know or you're understanding things. And and it's not a, a prophetic voice, but you're just telling like, like you said about the back, like yeah. there's no way you could have known that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I hadn't talked to you in a long time since high school. There's no way I could have known those things about you that now on the phone. Yes, but, absolutely. You know, those, those things just fall on you. So anyways, continue. Let's go. Yeah. Amen. So the, the word of knowledge about to another faith by the same spirit. So, okay. The Bible says God has given every man the measure of faith. So we all as Christians have faith. We're saved by faith. By faith. By, yeah. Well, through faith, by grace, through faith. Yeah. <laughs> we're saved when we put our faith in Jesus. Amen. Right. So, you know, we all have faith. But the gift of faith, from what I've studied and what I've seen, is a supernatural believing in that moment where you know God's going to move. And I've had this happen yeah. too, yeah. where a good example, again, is if you pray. And a lot of these gifts you'll find work together. Yeah. Like you pray for someone. And there's times, many times, I mean, probably 80% of the time, and I'm just admitting this, where I pray for people and I, I do believe I want them to be healed, but you're not really, you know, really in praying in faith. But then there comes that moment, uh, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man, where you just know mm-hmm. God's going to answer. And I've had this happen. It's powerful. And isn't yeah. there something too about like a little old lady's faith? There's always something about a little old lady yes. that's that just another way that God's going to move. Yeah. Another way that, that faith can operate is not just praying for someone, but just in your daily life. Mm-hmm. The gift of faith where you you just some people and I wish I was better at this. Um, here's a good way. I'm working my job right now and I really want to go into full time ministry music. I'm doing it full time already pretty yeah. much, but I'm not making a living from it, which is fine. I'm getting closer. God's blessing me. Faith would be, and I would have to know it's the Lord, but I would have, you know, so I can't just blindly do this. But if I knew God was saying, hey, walk away from your job. But Lord, I don't have, I don't have, I'm not making the money. God said, you know what? Go by faith. Go by faith. Now, sometimes that can be very foolish. People go off and do all these crazy things. But if the Lord's really leading you, you go and God provides and and does things as you go by Mm -hmm. faith. You know, so the gift of faith is is a supernatural belief, uh, and, and faith moves the heart of God. Yeah, and I think there's a certain amount of obedience that comes with that. Gift I, too, right? Absolutely, like a faithful person is a super obedient person. Mm-hmm. Like yes. they're not going to be, 
you know, getting drunk and, and doing <laughs> all kinds of crazy stuff. Like yes. they're going to live day to day, you know, as a straight and faithful servant. Amen. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, to another, the word of knowledge, the word of faith, to another gifts of healing by the same spirit. So pretty so, self-explanatory. Yeah, faith and healing come from the same spirit. Yeah. Different gifts. Same spirit. Amen. So, you know, self-explanatory, you, you praying for the sick and healing comes upon you and, and they get healed, you know? It's interesting that those are two gifts that operate underneath the same spirit because I always thought that if someone, you know, for all the occurrences of healings in the New Testament that you see, the people that were healed were so desperate for it. Yes. They believed Jesus that said your Jesus faith was has the, made you well. Exactly. Yeah. He said your faith. It's, it's interesting. Not interesting. It's it's obviously meant to be, but <laughs> those two gifts are of the same spirit, faith yeah. and healing, mm-hmm. because I think it takes a tremendous amount of faith to, to be absolutely absolutely why would God heal someone that doesn't believe he can yeah or no, didn't absolutely. want to be healed or didn't want to be healed yeah yeah praise the Lord yep gifts of healing um, to another the working of miracles now miracles and healing um, can be the same thing but a miracle might be like when Jesus and Peter picked up the, the money out of the fish's mouth. Now that's a radical miracle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or when God rained bread from heaven. Like for instance, there may come a day in America, and I don't know when, but you know where, uh, especially during the Great Tribulation period, but where there's not going to be food. There's not. And as a believer in Christ, you would have to have the gift of miracles to maybe lay your hands on a box of empty food yeah. and just say, God, fill this box. I mean, that's, that's like loaves and fishes. With, yeah, with yeah. just a, yeah. a couple sardines and hush puppies, he <laughs> yeah. raised it up, prayed over it, and fed thousands of people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, miracles is also like, you know, someone getting up out of the wheelchair or maybe yeah. that guy's leg and that healing. So they kind of intertwine. But when yeah. I think of miracles, I think of like, like the Bible says, God worked special miracles by the hands of Paul that even he sent a handkerchief and demons were leaving people. I mean, you know, so yeah. there and some of this stuff, you know, it might it sometimes might seem a little weird. I don't think we have to be weird and I don't believe in a lot of the, the weird stuff that goes on. But there are times where God moves and it's not always pretty. You know, Jesus <laughs> rubbed his hands and yeah. spit. And, and put, I mean, so sometimes God will move you to do things. Um, that might seem a little weird, might seem a little strange. And I don't always understand that. But when I read the scripture, it's not all, you know, sophisticated necessarily. And even when Solomon dedicated the temple, he said the presence of God was so strong that they could not stand. I've I've never been a huge person for falling over. I think some of that's a show, but there has been times where I've been so uh, saturated with God's presence. There was one time I remember where I felt heavy. I almost felt like I couldn't stand. I never have actually fallen. I mean, I've fallen before the Lord just, you know, on my own, but I've never, but there, there's times in the Bible where that happens. So sometimes miracles, the gift of miracles sometimes is one of those ones where it may not always be pretty. It may not, um, or orthodox. Yeah. It could be something that's just like, Oh, that's weird. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, there's been a lot of weird stuff happening in the Bible. So, yeah. Um, so to another, uh, the working of miracles to another, uh, prophecy, there we go to another prophecy. So prophecy is speaking something, um, about the future to someone. So, you know, if I look at you and I say, Ali, you know, the Lord has showed me that, and I, maybe I, and this might work with the word of knowledge and maybe I don't yeah. know. And I say, you know what? The Lord showed me that you've been working here, but your heart desires to, to work with children yeah. and, um, you know, but, but, and, and God is saying that you're going to go work at this company. And, and to me, it's got to be specific. You yeah. know, a lot of people prophesy 
and it's like some vague one size fits all. Mm-hmm. But when you look in the scripture, it, it you know, there's conviction or prophecy can be, it could be, hey, you know, you're, you're living in iniquity, you're living in sin. And the Lord's showing me, you've got to repent. If you don't, judgment's coming to your house. Yeah. And I've actually spoken this to someone before who had continued to rebel and was living in darkness. And I just felt such a burden. I said, listen, if you don't repent, there's judgment coming to your house. It's not going to be good. And it yeah. was just, just such a burden. So you look in the Bible, most of the prophets in the Bible, they were not happy go lucky like every word was not like oh you're going to be prosperous and all this god can do that absolutely and and speaks words like that the the new testament prophecy talks about exhorting and lifting up and stuff now here's where you guys feel 100 free to disagree with me i personally do not believe you have to be a prophet to speak prophecy i could be wrong about that um no i believe any believer can speak and operate in prophecy I, what I do you mean by a, be a prophet? Well, you know, like a prophet like of God. Yeah. Like Isaiah spent his entire life. And I don't I, even know preaching if Preaching the coming of Jesus yeah. and telling the culture that they're buck wild and crazy and sinful <laughs> and disobedient. Yeah. And I don't know if there are modern day prophets. Most charismatics believe there are. Yeah. Um, I can't prove there are or there aren't either way. Right. Well, the Bible says that if one of these prophesy. And it not and it does not come to pass to know that it is not a prophet that I have sent. Yeah, it's not from me. So there yeah. must be prophets that so he there, has sent. Exactly. <laughs> and so if there are prophets from God that he has sent that will in these last days prophesy, then there's also false prophets Absolutely. that work underneath their own spirit. Yes. And I, I'll tell you, um, if there are prophets today, and I'm kind of fifty fifty, I do think that there probably are. There, David Wilkerson is one that I think See, and was and, a prophet of the Lord. Me and my dad, he's dead now, but a guy named Kim Clement over in Australia. Never heard of him. So I, I definitely... Yeah, a lot of people, he, I, there was a lot of stuff with like the election and stuff that he predicted back in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then I can't think of every one of them, but there's a ton of stuff that, you know, very yeah. specific things that he prophesied about. And I don't see, I don't see any reason why there wouldn't be prophets yeah. because the Bible never says that they're going to stop, you know, right. that they're, they're yeah. prophets are very feel, full of the fear of the Lord. A prophet mm-hmm. of God is someone who it, God has sent to be the, his mouthpiece. They see, they might see dreams and visions. Bible talks about seers, which is, just means seer. They see, see in the yeah. spirit. And, and there, there is a difference too. Like this is the gift of prophecy. Yes. It doesn't say that there will be a gift of a bunch of prophets. There will be yes. prophets among you just as a gift of prophecy. Yes. Yeah. Just like in Acts 2, um, God will pour spirit upon all flesh. Yes. And your sons and daughters shall what? Prophesy. Prophesy. Amen. And young men will see yes. visions and old men will dream dreams. Yeah. Okay. Well, that doesn't say that they will be prophets. Yes. Say, but they will prophesy. Absolutely. So I hear a lot of people saying, well, if they're still prophets then um you know we, why is there an ending to the bible there should yes. be a continuation of it well let me well, the bible ends with amen so there's no more prophets after that well yeah there's probably not more prophets but there's prophecy yeah if that makes any sense can i give you a great uh, uh, answer to the argument because i've heard this is another huge one well if prophecy is still for today then we might as well open our bible and just keep on yeah, adding keep writing it. It down. that is such a bad argument for for two reasons okay for one when it comes to Jesus, he was the word of God in the flesh and not everything he said was written down. So (laughs) was it the word of God or wasn't it? It was the spoken word of God. Okay. The second thing is in the old Testament, 
there are prophets mentioned by name who never wrote a word of scripture, mm-hmm. didn't even say anything. There's there's one in First Kings where it said, and the prophet, I think his name was something with a G, came and spoke this or, and, and brought conviction or something like that. And it never even quotes him. Yeah. But yet he was speaking God's word, but it's not written in the scripture. Absolutely. So, you know, that to me is such a horrible argument. We are not saying that when someone speaks prophecy that that's scripture. No, it's the spoken word of God. And if it contradicts scripture, then it's right. not God's word. Right. And if it you doesn't know, come to pass. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And, and um, like Enoch in the Old Testament, you know, there's a book that was taken out of the Bible, the book of Enoch. And yeah, there's some discrepancies and that people disagree with about it. But, you know, he was so important that God just plucked him from the earth. Yeah. He was so connected to God that it was plucked from the earth. And there's no, we have no message of his. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he was always really important. He's quoted in Jude yeah. a little right, bit. A little bit, but yeah. there's not a whole lot about him. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, like you just said, there's probably, and there's probably so many more letters that Paul and mm-hmm. Peter and Timothy yes. and, and all of the men of God in that era that wrote that aren't in here. Like, yes. what, what, did, what did John say? The, the world cannot contain the words yes. that were spoken. Yeah. Yes. There aren't absolutely. enough books in the world to contain it. So, to say that, you know, oh, if there's prophets, then just start writing down. That's not, yeah, that's not the same thing. No, you're absolutely it's not right. <laughs> because this is the fulfillment, yeah. right? This is this is what we need. But the gifts of prophecy and healing and miracles and signs and wonders and the discerning spirits are all necessary to validate the yes, message. Absolutely. So, well, we haven't got to that one yet. Jay. I know. Sorry. <laughs> yes, myself. absolutely. Um, so prophecy to another discerning of spirits. Um, so I've heard two things about this. Um, one is people say they can actually see in the spirit realm. Um, and I have seen spirits before. Um, you know, I've seen, I've never seen angels and I've never seen the Lord or nothing like that. But I have seen demonic spirits before, uh, especially when I was using. But even since I've been saved, I've woken up and seen evil spirits. And then I say, Jesus, yeah. you know, uh, and they go away. You know, and they so, you know, but another form of the discernment of spirits, I think, works in coherence with knowledge is like if you walk in and let's say, you know, um, a demon spirit is tempting you with anger. Maybe maybe there's there's just anger all over you. And maybe I don't know that naturally. Maybe you're not showing me, but maybe the Lord just shows me like, hey, man, um, excuse me. Um, one time when I first got saved, like the first year, my pastor, Sean, was praying over me. And he didn't know this naturally. And he just stopped. He said, you've been dealing with lust. Mm-hmm. And he was right. He was absolutely right. It was something I was struggling with at the time. And it was just, you know, powerful. And um, one time he, there was a girl that went, and this was when I first started preaching. There was a girl that kind of came into my life and I told him about her. And he said, Jalen, I'm seeing red signs all over in the spirit, red flags all over. He said, stay away from her. Mm-hmm. Come to find out she was into witchcraft. This was when I first started preaching. Wow. So the devil sent someone to try to knock me off, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the, the, there's different ways I could see. But I don't think at all it's crazy to think that people can see in the spirit. Um, so not at all. I've got a story real quick. Sure. My dad, he meets a lot of. He works for the railroad. So he goes all, all over the country. The so he's States. met. He, he swears that he's met angels. Yeah. He swears that he's met. What's Hebrews say? Be careful to entertain strangers, for some have unwittingly entertained angels unaware. Yeah. That's that's a New Testament scripture. Yeah. So he told me this story here a couple weeks ago, and this happened a few years ago. Um, he was in a laundromat doing his laundry, 
and there was a um, African American male across the laundromat, just them two in there, and they kept making eye contact. And at first, my dad's like, "My headphones were kind of raised." Yeah, why yeah. Is this guy keeps staring at me? Like, you know, was he gonna try to mug me? Like, what's <laughs> go, like, you know, he wouldn't like, you know, aggressive, aggressive. Or I think yeah. he was just like, it was very awkward and weird and like the, very the appointed of, and of very like i'm looking at you kind yeah. of thing yeah like, so we just like he's like and my dad's a very you know alpha male bold type guy so he's like oh you're gonna stare at me i'm gonna stare at you <laughs> <laughs> and so they just like he said at one point they just locked eyes for he said i don't know how long but we just sit there staring at each other he's like and then this guy just marches right at me and he gets to me and he's like god told me to come talk to you because you believe me my dad's like, whoa. <laughs> what? Whoa, That's not what I thought was going to happen. You believe, don't you? My dad said, believe in what? He's like, you believe in the Bible, in Jesus Christ and the word of God. He's like, absolutely. He's like, my family has ostracized me. and they've, They want nothing to do with me because I can see demons. Spirits, yeah. And I can see evil spirits ascending and descending on people. Wow. And they think I'm crazy. And he's like, do you think I'm crazy? My dad's like, no. I don't think you're crazy because <laughs> it talks about the a spiritual gift right there. Yes. The discerning of spirits. Yes. And like you said, you, you, especially when you were using, you thought you could see, not thought you could see yeah. spirits. And this guy just out of nowhere yeah. comes and talks to my dad. Didn't know him from nowhere, you know, totally different cultures and backgrounds and, and places they lived. And they had this conversation and talked and he knew that my dad would believe him. My, my dad, that did, I believe him. I don't yeah. even, I wouldn't even there. I, I believe it. Have yeah. you all ever heard of uh, Bill Weiss? His book, 23 Minutes in Hell. If you get a chance, I'll send you guys a video. Um, I'm very, very careful when people say they've been to hell, been to heaven. Um, I don't think it's impossible at all because the Bible talks about dreams and visions. Yeah. But this is one man for sure that I absolutely believe. And God took him to hell, gave him a vision of hell, and it all lined. And this this guy's like a walking Bible. He's so humble. He mm-hmm. he, he went for seven years Um telling this story, never took one dime from anybody, never wrote a book, continued working, you know, paid his own way. It wasn't like some way to gain money. And he had never, yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll show you guys that video, but he was talking about how the Bible says we'll have dreams and visions, how this is God fulfilling his word, you know? Um, but yeah, discernment of spirits. I absolutely believe God can show you whether you actually see, or even by, knowledge and by the spirit you you just know and i've had that before i had yeah. it. you sure. could just feel it i know? think i have a very discerning i think i have that gift yeah. a lot because i i can just feel when someone's intentions aren't you know and some might call that oh that's just your mom intuition or whatever you're suspicious. But, you're just being yeah suspicious. you're just being suspicious but i truly believe like it's a, a gift from god that i can of discernment yeah yeah i agree yeah. She's, she's got the gift of discernment so like if you're Let's say you guys meet someone and someone's acting all nice, but there's you just feel like there's an mm-hmm. ulterior motive. There's something in you that, that just knows. Oh, man. I Countless times. Give them the example in Tennessee. Go so ahead. we went to a church in Tennessee um, to see Pastor Greg Locke and to attend the church, Global Vision Bible Church, you know. And we were sit, we sat like second row and, you know, there was all kinds of people. It was a great worship, you know, and there was just this lady in front of us that we just thought she was really just getting into the worship and everything like that. And very charismatic yeah. and dancing in her, in her way of worship. Yeah. And you know, you know to others that might've seemed just like innocent or whatever, but I told Jacob, I was like, I just, I don't like it. I thought she was nuts. I'm like, she's a nice lady. You know, she talked to us and she was all. And I was like, Nope. Like I, I, there's just something about this situation, about her, about 
that I yeah. don't like, that I don't believe There's something that's just attached to her, her that's wrong. And come to find out, like... Six months later? Six, so. She's a witch. And she was well, trying to cast yeah. spells and, and yeah, he, on the church. The pastor had to run her and her husband off because she had, like, taken these uh, mason jars and filled them with these oils and instances and, like, mm-hmm. a... Uh, what was that thing? Basically just like casting a spell and she wanted yeah. them all to drink it at the same time. And, wow. and so I just, you know, it's weird when I go to different churches, I can always tell there's usually always one that's a gossiper, someone mm-hmm. that's causing discord. I can always yep. see it. What spirit is that? The spirit of um, um, Jezebel yeah. or something yeah. like that. Yeah. 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 So discernment of spirits is very, and, and it's, it's weird because, and I believe I'm very high in discernment because I can, you hear a preacher. That's another great way discernment yeah. can come in. Mm-hmm. And every Christian should have some discernment. Absolutely. I mean, it's so important yeah. when you're listening to preachers, you know, uh, you need to be able to say something's wrong here. Go back to the word and, yeah. and, you know, just trust, trust, trust your, trust the Lord in mm-hmm. that. Um, so then, uh, to another tongues, to another different kinds of tongues. So he says different kinds of tongues. So in Acts 2, we see the, the gift of tongues um, where they're speaking different languages. Mm-hmm. So this is the most basic. If I go to Mexico and I don't know Spanish, which I don't, and if God just you know came upon me and by faith I just begin to speak in Spanish, you know, Fluid. that yes, yeah. that that is a gift of tongues. But another is is the gift of tongues when you're praying in the spirit, and that's in First Corinthians chapter fourteen. Um, verse one, and I want to say this, um, and I am not at all saying that this person's not a man of God. I, I haven't looked into it a lot, but John MacArthur, who's probably one of the most famous uh, Calvinist cessationists, is that where we get the MacArthur Study Bible? And yeah. Stuff from? yeah. Again, I'm not saying he, I, I'm not even, but I will say this. He said about this verse, "Well, they're they're speaking to false gods." To me, that is so dishonest, and I'll show you why because. I mean, I, it's one thing if when they you, speak in tongues, they're speaking yeah, the yeah, false that, But he says that's what this verse is talking about. He oh, had okay. to, he had to so go around it. I'll show you. First Corinthians fourteen one: Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. So the Bible commands us to desire prophecy. Verse two: But he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. Howbeit in the spirit he speaks mysteries. And it goes on and on from there. I mean, it's so obvious. Now, again, this is not... How did he go around that? It's he, capital he, G God. <laughs> he literally says that they were speaking to false gods. How be he that speaks in the spirit? He's speaking mysteries. And Okay, it's one thing if you read the Bible and you say, you know what, I don't think the gifts are for the day. But when you, as a, as a man who has studied scripture for 50, 60 years, that man, and you, and you say that, at that point, you're being dishonest. I'm yeah. sorry. Again, I'm not dogging him. Yeah. I know so many people respect him, um, all of that. I'm not even going to go there right now. But I will say that is so dishonest. Yeah. You, know, you, you have to, if you, okay, here's a good clue for you. If you have to do uh, doctrinal backflips to, to, to make your stuff fit, yeah. if you have to do jumping jacks and all these hoops to come to a conclusion instead of just reading the plain text. Yeah. You know, and there's no way you can say that when the whole time he's talking of in chapter 12, 13, and 14 about all the gifts yeah. of the spirit and it's for, and of, it's the spirit. of the body. Like yes. it's not for yes. anything other than that. Yeah, and, and here's the other one. This is really powerful. Go to 1 Corinthians 14. Um, well, 
I thought. I don't think I wrote it down. Oh, yes, yes. Praise God. All right. Verse 24. So we could read this whole chapter for, I right. mean, this would be an hour or two. There's so much here. But if all prophesy and an unbeliever or an uninformed person comes in, he is convicted or convinced by all. He is convicted by all. And thus the secrets of his heart are revealed. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is truly among you. Now that's powerful. That's talking about prophecy. The secrets of his heart are revealed. When the word of God, when, when the spirit of God is moving on you and, and he comes into your church and the pastor's preaching and he begins to, or, or maybe someone comes up to him directly, it says he's going to fall down worshiping and say, truly, God is among you. Yeah. That's the kind of power I want to see in the church today. Yeah. I want people to come in and say, God is in this place. Amen. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, there, there's so many. Um, all right. So then different kinds of tongues. And the last one is uh, the, the last wait, gift. Yeah. Is, is there another? Yeah. No, the, the interpretation gift. of tongues. So uh, this could this could work both ways. If you're speaking in an earthly language, someone else could be there to interpret it. But it's also... If I give a, a message in tongues uh, by the Spirit, someone else or even myself needs to interpret it. Mm -hmm. And I've done this probably two or three times on a live stream. And I'm very, 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 very careful not to pray in public in tongues yeah. uh, while I'm especially on live stream or something. Because the Bible makes it very clear. You have to, if you're going to do that in public, someone's got to interpret. And so sometimes I'll be praying and it's just such a, you know, just, it, I could just feel it and I'll just speak in, in tongues, and then right after that, I'll give the interpretation. The Lord speaking a word of prophecy. The last time, and it's crazy because I was mixing my beat or my song, and I wasn't even going to preach. And then at the end of it, <laughs> I just, the Lord came on me. It was like a 15-minute segment. Uh, it was really cool. And the Lord gave me a vision of God striking the hearts of people with fire, and we being on fire for God, our yeah. hearts being in flames of fire. Yes. Yeah. And so I began to speak in tongues, and then God showed me that. So um, so anyways, that's interpretation of tongues. So yeah, these are very practical. But if you notice all of these, it's in our relationship with God. It's breaking the power of darkness. It's encouraging believers. It's bringing others to repentance. That's It's all giving glory to God. Yeah. It's all the conviction that comes from His Spirit. And I think that the next verse is important, too. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as He wills. Amen. So, I mean, not everyone's going to have all of the gifts. Not everyone well, I think <laughs> is going to have them the same. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone has but a gift that you're born with, but not all of them. Um, you know, you just and in the the Holy Spirit's going to give them to you in the portion that He wills. Right. You know that He wants you to have this but, level of discernment, this yeah. level of. I believe that everyone has a gift. Possesses one. Possesses yeah. one. Amen. At, at birth, in your creation, and um, I think it just takes basically obedience and faith and being born again and and to really in the right spirit yeah. of that gift for it to Amen. really flourish. You know, absolutely. Um, um, can I answer one more yeah. objection and then we can get into whatever else you all want to? So another one I've heard a lot of cessationists say about the gifts of the Spirit. They say, well, when people had the gifts of the Spirit, they could just um, yield them or, or do them at any time uh, as they will. For instance, with healing, that if they had the gift of healing, they could just heal anytime they wanted. Now, I do believe that we should always pray for healing. And I yeah. do believe that, that that will come upon you. But that's not what you see in Bible. In the Bible, even Paul left Miletus sick. 
or Troas or whatever his name was, um, you know, uh, there were people that, that, that didn't um, get healed. There were people. So the idea that, oh, if I have the gift of healing, that every single person I pray for will be healed. Now, I want every person to be yeah. healed. I want to believe. I, I believe we should always believe for every person. But that's not what I see is you have the gift of healing. It's like a tool that God gives you as you need it. Mm-hmm. So instead of me saying, okay, I've got the gift of healing, so I can go to the hospital and empty out, which praise God, if that happened, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. I yeah. pray one of these days that something like that happens. And there were things in the Bible like that that said God healed them all. Yeah. You know, just amazing. <laughs> yeah, amazing moves of God. But there's another thing where it's like, if I pray for you, it's like there's this gift. It's like this tool that God just gives me. The Spirit of yeah. God comes on me, you know, you know, as I'm as I'm doing that. It's a gift that He's given me, but it's a tool that comes out when I need it. Mm-hmm. It's not something I can just at will. Now, praying in the Spirit, I can pray in the Spirit anytime. And it's a real fluent thing. But um, that's just my own opinions. You guys may or may not fully agree with that. But that's where I think cessationists are wrong. As they say, well... If someone had the gift of healing, they just could heal anybody and everybody yep. every single time. And it's yeah, like, why are you down here and you could go to the children's hospital and start healing? Yeah. That. yeah. That and it's like, no, I'm not saying that I have the gift of healing and now every person's going to be healed. I want that. I'm still growing in faith. Yeah. It's a tool I'm in my tool growing. belt that God has given yeah. me. Yeah. And I'm still growing. So sometimes I pray and I'm not in faith. Yeah. You know, sometimes I pray they might be for whatever reason. And I don't try not to blame people too much. So I don't understand all that. But it's like, I've seen God's power. Mm-hmm. And you know? I think sometimes the cessationists, they will get so caught up in maybe the charismatics and the personality of the individual and not, you know, that they will see that as like Jalen's hands mm-hmm. doing these things when it's not. It's, yeah. it's God's spirit Amen. doing these things through Jalen's hands. Absolutely. And so that they attribute the, um, <clears throat> the supernatural power with you and not with God. Yes. Yeah. And that's what they say, like the apostles, you know, God gives us authority but but it's still the Holy Spirit. It's still God. It's still God that's working. You know, we have authority as believers in His name. We use His name. The Spirit of God comes upon us. But ultimately, God gets all the glory. Amen. You know, so praise God. It's just like when you preach. Yeah. When you preach. You see, okay, people say they don't believe that miracles are still for today and stuff. Okay, salvation is like the biggest miracle. Mm-hmm. So if you can believe in salvation, yeah. then you can believe in healing. Yep. I mean, if someone can go from darkness to light. Amen. And you know, they can be changed, then why can't I believe that they can be healed? Yeah. If God can create this world, you know, and I'll and tell you. it's putting God in a box. It's absolutely. saying that he can't do these things. Yes. We yeah. can't even fathom what and, God can and, do. And here's the other thing, too. You know, why do we not see more healing in the church? Because we don't pray for people. Yeah. That's the thing. And I, I'm guilty. Yeah. There's, you know, I mean, there's many times I, I give an altar call and people come up and get saved, whatever the thing might be. But I don't always you know, Hey, I'll pray for your healing. Yeah. Uh, but I'll tell you when you step out by faith, you'll be surprised. God will start to move when you mm-hmm. persevere. And I think that's, and we all, I need to grow in that. We yeah. all need to grow in boldness and faith. And, you know, uh, there was a lady at my job who had a migraine and me and Karen prayed for her. Karen's one of my best friends. Uh, she goes to my job too. She didn't get healed. I just thought, you know what? We need to pray for her again. And this is like 20 minutes later. I went back over and I said, hey, look, I'm not trying to bother you. Can yeah. we please pray for you one more time? I prayed for her. Like five minutes later, and Karen prayed for her too. She came over. She was just lit up. Yeah. She was like, I'm healed. She, You know, her migraine was gone. And I've never had migraines. But if you've ever had them, I, from they're what debilitating, I hear, they're yeah. pretty bad. You know, that happened with a woman who her back was messed up. This was like 
you know, three years back, I prayed for her at work. Um, and I'm very careful to just grab a woman's hand. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, laying a hand yeah, on the yeah. shoulder. God's been showing me, you know, do it in public. I'm very careful. Billy Graham taught me about that. He wouldn't even be with a woman alone, you know, right. wasn't his wife. So I'm very careful about that. But she, I prayed for her. She, again, she didn't get healed. So I was kind of discouraged. And I, all day I thought, you know what? And after work, we were in the parking lot. I took an oil. I think I just anointed my hands. And again, I grabbed her hands or whatever it was, prayed for her for her back to be healed. She came in the next day and she was like a light bulb. Mm. I mean, it was like her skin. <laughs> I mean, it was just amazing. And here's what's crazy. We were sitting there and she was telling somebody about it. It was, it was powerful. She was testifying to everybody. Yeah. So you knew God moved on her. And as she did this, a light bulb fell and busted. It was like Satan was mad. It was pretty cool. She thought the same thing. So I've seen these things. Remember the while back when your dad had the deals with his hands when Uh he was falling up and stuff like one day after work I went and picked up uh, the boys from their house and I did I anointed his hands with olive oil and prayed over his hands and uh, it wasn't immediate but within the coming days Amen. You know, he was able to And that that's the thing. There are times where healing uh, happens over a period of days. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's times where it's instant, and there's times God uses doctors. You know, right. Luke was a physician, yeah. so I'm not against you, doctors. You, yeah. You, yeah, you can't tell me that brain surgery is a miracle. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and the fact that what? they can cut someone open like that, and fix, fix them, something, and sew it back up, and they'd be okay. That's a miracle. Today. I'm going to get really personal for a minute. So I had, uh, and I haven't told a lot of people this, but I've been saved seven years. Um, I used to use the needle. A lot of people know that. I mean, I shot up drugs. I had hepatitis C. Yeah. I had a blood disease and it, it takes about 15, 20 years, but it'll kill you. It's, wow. it'll literally kill you. Um, there was a medicine I took and I can't remember the name of it in 90 days. I was completely cured. And wow. I went back to the doctor for like a whole year after that and kept getting blood just to make sure. Yeah. And to this day I'm, I'm, I'm cured. I'm healthy. I'm whole. Wow. But the point is, and I had prayed for healing, yeah. but God used medicine and I, I'm, I don't, like a lot of the medicine stuff. I'm not against medicine, but there's a lot of wickedness. We could go off on that rabbit trail. <laughs> but what I'm saying is God provided that way. Now, yeah. what if I would have been so arrogant that I said, you know what? I'm not going to take that medicine. I'm going to wait for God to heal me, which if that's really how God leads and that's really, if you really in faith and love and you know, that's fine. But God had provided a way for me to be healed through that medicine. Right. Now there's yeah. been other times I had a bump on my neck a while back and I, I didn't know what it was. I think it was swollen lymph nodes. It just came out of nowhere. And my Bible study lay ha- laid ta- hands on me. The next day it was gone. Wow. So, you know, God does use medicine and doctors. And, mm-hmm. and healing um, can be sometimes emotional. Mm-hmm. God healed me when my mother passed away. Yeah. I, I mean, I am healed. I am. Uh, my girlfriend and me broke up. I don't talk about that very, very, very rarely publicly. You know, I was heartbroken. And God healed me. Yeah. I'm fine today. I'm I'm. I'm a whole man in Jesus Christ. So these things are very much for today. Absolutely. Um, I just want to read real quick out of uh, Romans 12, because what we've been talking about so far is the manifestation gifts. Uh And these are the motivational gifts in Romans 12. So real quick, we're just going to kind of go through them and dissect a little bit. The uh, 12, approximately verse 4 is on the start. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, 
the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, yeah. zeal, <laughs> the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So Amen. you have the um, the gift of prophecy, the gift of service, the gift of teaching, exhortation, the one who gives with generosity, the le- uh, gift of leadership with zeal, and the gift of mercy. And I, and I find it interesting that in those gifts and the manifestation gifts, and if we had time, we'd jump over to Ephesians 4 and talk about the ministry gifts. Prophecy is the only gift mentioned in all three. Wow. That's amazing. And that's the so, one that Paul says, desire, especially that you may prophesy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's the one that cessationists try to discredit a lot too because the most, if, yeah. if there was prophecy we ought to get a pin out and keep writing yes yeah. yeah and that's what you know revelation says that the testimony of jesus is the spirit of prophecy yeah that's really amazing and i think the reason prophecy is so important is what it says there in first corinthians 14 the the secrets of your heart is revealed it's really hard when you go up to an unbeliever and you literally speak to them things that they you have no way of knowing mm-hmm. uh they can deny all they want but when they walk away that's going to be that's going to sit with yeah. them it's going to be something. really, really tough. Mm-hmm. And honestly, prophecy in the Bible is one of the biggest ways we know the Bible's God's word. Yeah. Look at Israel. Because, Look at everything that's happened. Because Jesus fulfilled all the prophecies. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. 33 prophecies. Yeah. yeah. His first coming and even uh, the end times we're living in now and what he said in Matthew 24, Luke 21, all that. It's like, to me, there, there's so much with yeah. the nation of Israel that happened, all these things. Um, that's one of the biggest ways we know this is God's word. Yeah. And there's other ways, too. But it's like, wow, you know, so prophecy is very important. For sure. So I guess, are you pretty well you wrapped up most of what you want to Yeah, yeah, okay. definitely. I feel good about I it. Got one more thing I want to read and then one more point to make to the, to sure. the passage. So Mark 16, oh, yeah. 17. Praise God. Um, and Mark right. tells us, and these signs shall follow them that believe. Yes. In my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink of any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then after that, the Lord had spoken to them. He was received up into heaven and set on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. So if we believe the commission. Because <laughs> this is right at the end of the commission. The, as the soon end, as he's going if on. we believe that we ought to go preach the gospel, that we ought to believe that these signs shall follow them that believe. And notice it says, these signs shall follow them that believe. Not, yes. not those that are the apostles, not those that are disciples, not those that... Not pastors, not, not preachers. Not those who not. have physically seen me in the yeah. flesh. Yeah. Yes, yes. This all is those all that. those that believe. And so I've heard the argument that, well, the Gospels and the Book of Acts are just a um, basically... A record. a record of something that happened in history. There's a piece of historical information that we take and we can apply it to to, to today. And so my argument to that was, okay, what about all the letters yeah. that talk about the casting out of demons, the laying out of hands, the prophetic voices, all of that the, happened. the signs and wonders? And well, the, the letter, the epistles are are after the well, no, because all the epistles were written during the, during the Book of Acts. Yeah. Yes. So. You know, that argument collapses on itself. Yeah, that absolutely. The gospel and the book of Acts were just kind of like, oh, this is just a point in history where happened. all the miracles happened yeah. and it didn't yeah. happen after that. Well, the epistles were during the book of Acts. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, the book of Acts. So are you discrediting the entire yeah. New Testament? In my think? opinion, the book of Acts hasn't stopped. Yeah. Absolutely. Or how many chapters in the book of Acts? You know? 28, I believe. 28. 28, yeah. So we're in the 29th chapter of Acts right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know it. So. Yeah. No, absolutely. And Jesus, um, in Luke 10, it says he, he gave them authority, mm-hmm. um, you know, over unclean spirits. He said, I give you authority to trample over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. You know, in Matthew 10, he said, I, I send you out. And John, he said, as the Father sent me, so I send you. You know, in Ephesians yeah. and in other places, it says he left us an example that we should follow. And, you know, um, we have his name. We have the authority of his name, the power of his spirit, the power of the blood, of the word. You know, as we as we realize I'm right with God, you know, I, I'm forgiven and I'm, I'm clean before a holy God. Now we have the confidence, the faith and the power to go out and to. To yeah. bring this message to the world. So yeah. now, um, are we are we closing up here? Are we? Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think. Okay. We'll do, do you want to do a song? I do. Yeah, and I was just looking up the one. Words. One last thing before yeah. we close yeah. with the song. So the question then is, okay, how do I receive the gifts of the Spirit? Yeah. How do I? Oh, maybe maybe I'm a cessationist and now my mind's changed, or maybe I've I've already believed, but I'm not seeing this. So um, I'm just going to give a very like one minute very quick number one in acts five it says that god gives the holy spirit to those who obey him so as you're walking in obedience with god there will be a boldness and i've, I've experienced this in my own life if i start falling into sin or or even just being uh, distracted you know yeah. the, the boldness starts to leave even when i preach you, you can tell but when i'm walking with god and i'm, I'm obeying him mm-hmm. there is such a boldness and a love so that's one thing is obedience to god second thing is uh, love. Galatians says, faith worketh by love. Mm-hmm. When, when the love of God comes upon you, God's love will drive you when you pray for someone. So there's there's love, obedience, and then faith. Believe God. And then number four, ask him. Just ask him. That's what I did with tongues. I just, yeah. I literally, I said, Lord, if this is real, I said, and I believe it's real. And I did. I believe. Yeah. I said, God, I don't want the fake thing. I don't want to gibber. I, I, if, the, if, if it's your will and I, I want I want to speak and, and, and pray in tongues and pray in the spirit, Lord, please, if this is real, I want to know it's real and I got to know it's you. And I think I was on like a 21-day fast where I was just eating like fruits and vegetables and stuff. And I was at the church worshiping and, and, and I was on my knees. I'll never forget right before the front door where the carpet is. And it was like the spirit just came on me and I just began to pray in the spirit. Yeah. And it was like a river. It was just beautiful. It was amazing. I'll never forget that first time. And to this day, I pray almost every day in the spirit. Um, so there, it's it's that simple. Yeah. Ask God. Just just keep asking. Just keep seeking. And then every now and then and, and more and more as you go, find someone that's sick and just say, hey, can I pray for you? Yeah. Lay your hands and just say, you know, I command this sickness to leave. Or ask God. You know, just say, Lord, I ask you to heal them. And you don't have to get all fancy. It's not some formula. Just just ask God, you know, mm-hmm. um, maybe you're at a store and you're in line and you just get this weird thought in your head. Like that person's thinking about suicide. You just, yeah. just, some thought, just, yeah. just, and then if you're wrong, repent, if you're wrong. And, and I don't believe in false prophecy, truly repent and say, God, please, I don't ever want to speak something that's not your word. Right. Please God have mercy on me. Yeah. Just repent and then keep going. Don't, don't be discouraged, you know? Um, so yeah, it's that simple to me. Um, we all need to grow in that. I, yeah. I want to walk more in God's power. I've been crying out for that the last six months. I want to just see his power. Um, you know, we didn't even get into like, you know, deliverance and praying for that, but that's a whole other thing too. Uh, praise God. But it's one of the, it's like the most thing Jesus did. Was the yeah. Thing yeah. Devil, so yeah. Besides preaching people. the gospel and then casting out demons. the last thing, um, 
with the gifts of the Spirit too, is obeying God, having faith, asking Him. Um, love. Love. <laughs> and the, the last thing is, don't don't be afraid to look foolish. Don't yeah. we don't want to look foolish. We're not trying to to blaspheme God's name. Um, that's where the faith part comes into. It. You have yeah. to believe that that's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I really believe. Oh oh yeah. Um, if t- it, people say, do you have to pray in tongues to be baptized in the spirit? I don't see that in the Bible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that there's people. Um, you know, a lot of Pentecostals hold tongues up like it's like the highest gift. It's, you know, all the gifts of the Spirit are important. Well, yeah, and so, Paul, in, in the context of, like, um, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 14, it's almost like Paul is telling them, like, hey, you know, better is it for someone to not speak in tongues and be quiet and just preach Jesus. Amen. Because it creates a lot of confusion. And so it, it sounds to me like the church in Corinth was, they were being way too overly charismatic about it. And he's saying, like, hey. Uh-uh. Cut, cut that out because yes. people can't understand what you're doing. You're making too much of a fuss yes. about it. So it's there's got to be order. There's got to be Absolutely. order in the church, yes. right? Which I'm, I'm glad you're doing this, but it's getting a little out of hand. Yes, yeah. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So I hope that helps anyone yeah. listening yeah. to know how to receive these things and have someone lay hands on you yeah. and pray for the baptism of the Spirit. Yeah, I'd know? say most importantly, just, just pray for it. Pray for the understanding. Yes. And pray for um, God to show you these things and to give you more of a... Uh, one one thing I've learned about the Lord when you want to know the truth as you read his word he will show you if you really want to know you keep seeking it out and he will show you seek and you shall find Um, real quick I forgot to make this point I have to make it because I (laughs) highlighted it go ahead Um, so we talked about Acts chapter 2 the day of Pentecost how it um, in the last days God's spirit will pour out upon all flesh sons and daughters shall prophesy young men will see visions old men dream dreams even on male servants and female servants in those days shall I pour out my spirit. So in that context, it's like everyday people, your average Joe. Yes. You know, your electricians, your plumbers, your, your construction workers, your, your veterans, home workers. I mean, yes. it's, it's yeah. all, it's all people. Yeah. Amen. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below blood and fire and the vapor of smoke. And the, sh- the sun shall be turned to darkness and the, the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes the great and magnificent day. So the moon hasn't turned to blood and the sun yes. hasn't turned to darkness. Yes. Yeah. So therefore what he's saying is still yet, is yeah. still going, it's still Absolutely. coming. And then I've heard and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How many people believe that? Amen. Every denomination will believe that. Yeah. Every denomination believes verse 21. Yes. And, every, and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name will be saved. Everyone believes that. There's no discrepancy there. But why can't we believe? Yeah. You can't pick and choose. Out yeah, of the I think deep down, it's a, they, they always say, well, you're taken from the apostles, all this. I think really a lot of times it's a pride issue. We don't want to be the charismatic. We don't want to be the over-spiritual. We're more intellectual. I'm not trying to make fun of people. I, I'm not saying yeah, everybody's like this. A lot of Calvinism circles, It's I think it's more they're afraid to I, look foolish. Yeah, I really do think that's intellectual theologian. Yeah. And not, yeah. not just a Bible yeah. believer. Yeah. Absolutely. And there's a, there's a simplicity in it. Yes. You know, you can make. Well, they so, say solo scriptura. I say solo scriptura and therefore charismatic. You know, mm-hmm. I believe in only the scripture and therefore I believe in the gifts of the spirit. For right. sure. Because it's from scripture. From scripture. You know? yeah. And yeah. what you said about common people, Acts chapter six, it says, they said, we, we, we shouldn't leave the word of God to serve tables. Let us seek out men 
full of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. that they might do this work. They were serving widows and yeah. giving out food. So praise God. Yeah. Right. And how, if if God and His Spirit doesn't move today like it did then, is He even worth worshiping? Yeah. If if the name of Jesus does not have any power today like it did in the New Testament. We should, we, should, we should just pack this up and go home. <laughs> you know what I mean? If he has power to save, he has power to deliver. He's exactly. all set free. I mean, he's and with me. I, I, if, if his name has power. I couldn't live if God didn't lead me. If I couldn't right. hear his voice. And there's times I don't know what he's saying, but I know he's leading me. Yeah. You know, I couldn't live without knowing him. You know, so praise God. Amen. Amen. And that's another thing that, that MacArthur said was, I heard about all these old revivalist preachers who said they spent hours in prayer and all. I just couldn't fathom that. You know, I mean, he was like literally making fun of people who said they spent hours in prayer and hours (laughs) in the word as though that's like a work or something. I'm like, you know, and yeah, I don't spend hours and hours every day. There are times I do, but it's like sometimes I just spend 30 (laughs) minutes, but I'm intimate with God. And they make fun of that. that He would make fun of it because literally in the Bible, Jesus spent 40 days and nights fasting in the wilderness in, in prayer. Yeah. 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 It says he'll hide you in the secret place of his presence. So. I'm very passionate about this. Yeah. I'm very glad we got to preach Me this today. Yeah, that was Amen. Awesome. Um, in closing, I've got a song I want you guys to, to check out. It's called Too Good to Not Believe by Brandon Lake and Cody Carnes. I cool. know you really like Cody Carnes. I yeah. Like him too. yeah. He's good stuff. So I'm just going to read um, one verse in the chorus. I've lived stories that have proved your faithfulness. I've seen miracles my mind can't comprehend. And there is beauty in what I can't understand. Jesus, it's you. Jesus, it's you. I believe you're the wonder-working God. You're the wonder-working God. All the miracles I've seen are too good to not believe. You're the wonder-working God, and you heal because you love. Oh, the miracles we'll see. You're too good to not believe. Too good to not believe. Amen. I've heard that one. Yeah, it's, it's really, really good. good. Oh, it's so good. I'm going to read the next verse. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> and I can't resurrect a man with my own hands, but just the mention of your name can raise the dead. Amen. All the glory to the only one can. Jesus, it's you. Jesus, it's you. And we've got the chorus again. I won't read it. Next verse. We've seen cancer disappear. We've seen broken bodies healed. Don't tell me. Don't you tell me he can't do it. We've seen families reunited. We've seen prodigals return. Don't tell me he can't do it. We've seen troubled troubled souls delivered. We've seen addicts finally freed. We've seen cities in revival. Salvation flood the streets. We've seen glory fill the nations like the world has never seen. Don't tell me he can't do it. Mm-hmm. Yes, I believe. I believe. And then it goes on. It's such a good song. You've never heard that? that? We're no. play what it is too. it again? It's so called um, Too Good to Not Believe. Brandon Lake and Cody Carnes. So. Amen. Praise God. Really good. Yeah, it's Sounds a really good. good. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed this one. Let's close in prayer. Sure yep. Father, um, and if there's anyone listening and you, you want to receive um, – you know, the baptism, the spirit or, or spiritual gifts, just just uh, as I pray, just lift your hands and just receive this. And then as you go forward, um, move by faith. Father, I give you all the glory today for speaking through us. Lord, I pray that this word uh, would not fall on deaf ears. Lord, I pray that you would send this message to all who need to hear it, Father. And if anyone's listening and they need to receive the baptism of your spirit, the gifts of the spirit working in their life, Father, I just pray right now for the manifestation of the spirit in their life, Lord, that you would fall upon them, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, even in the spirit right now, I lay my hands on them, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I ask for me and Allie and Jacob that we would go forward. 
forth in power and the anointing, Lord. I pray that this this podcast and our messages and and, and our, our their marriage, our children, our, our working relationships, God, would be so full of your glory, would be so full of the Spirit of God that people would say truly, God is among you. Lord, I just ask you that every lie of the devil would be driven away, that every demonic spirit would be driven away, that every deceiving spirit has no place in our lives and in the lives of those who call upon the name of Christ. Lord, I just ask you that the protection of God be upon them today. Father, fall upon them, Holy Spirit of God, in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you so much, Lord. Amen. 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 Praise God. All right, Amen. guys, if that didn't knock your socks off, I will. So, Praise uh, the Lord. Yep. Thank you all. Have a good one.